Amen. Well, good morning, everybody. Okay. It's a morning, right? Hey, I'm glad y'all here. I'm Matt. I'm the pastor. If it's your first time, welcome. If it's not, I'm glad to see your face again. For those I can't see, Kristen, Kristen, Sandra, how you doing? Yeah, so it's a good morning. Uh, listen, I've I really been uh, thinking a lot about these last few weeks of, of talking about freedom and what that looks like, and the Holy Spirit brought me to a passage that we're going to kind of go through today, and I've been debating on whether or not to read the whole story to you, and I think that today, uh, just now, I really think I need to and let the scripture speak to you directly, and then we'll talk about it. So if you have your Bibles, you can open up to John chapter 9, John chapter 9. I'm also going to give a plug uh, for uh, April 2nd, where is he at? I don't even see him. There he is. April 2nd, uh, Nathan Coles is going to be bringing the word that Sunday morning. So y'all show up and bring some friends, but don't stare at him while he talks. Maybe just like look to the ground or look. No, but the Lord's given him a message too that goes hand in hand with what we're talking about. And uh, I'm excited about that. But let's just jump right into it. I don't want to waste any time. This morning, uh, John chapter 9 uh, we'll get right to verse 1. It says, As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, Why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. We must quickly carry out the task assigned to us by the one who sent us. The night is coming and then no one can work. But while I am here in the world... I am the light of the world. Then he spit on the ground, made mud with saliva, and spread the mud over the blind man's eye. I'm pretty sure Jesus was a redneck in this moment. Okay? This sounds like something my father-in-law would say at the pond when you get a fishing hook stuck in your finger. Just put some mud on it, spit on it, you'll be fine. You know, let's keep going. Jeez, this is what I, I picture when I see Jesus spitting in mud and, you know, making a little compound here. He told him, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam, which means sin. So the man went and washed and came back seeing. I find it interesting that in this moment of a miracle, Jesus told the man to do something. The man had to be obedient in this moment. And because of Jesus' power and the man's obedience, the man was healed. In verse 8, it says, His neighbors and others who knew him as a blind beggar asked each other, Isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? Some said he was, and others said, No, he just looks like him. The doppelganger, right? <laughs> But the beggar kept saying, yes, I am the same one. And they asked, well, who healed you? What happened? And he told them, the man they called Jesus made mud and spread it over my eyes and told me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash yourself. So I went and washed, and now I can see. Well, where is he now, they asked. I don't know, he replied. Then they took the man who had been blind to the Pharisees because it was on the Sabbath that Jesus had made the mud and healed him. The Pharisees asked the man all about it, and he told them, he put the mud over my eyes, and when I washed it, washed it away, I could see. And some of the Pharisees said, This man, Jesus, is not from God, for he is working on the Sabbath. Others said, But how could an ordinary sinner do such miraculous signs? So there was a deep division of opinion among them. For surely God wouldn't do something miraculous on the Sabbath, right? Then the Pharisees again questioned the man who had been blind and demanded, What's your opinion about this man who healed you? And the man replied, I think he must be a prophet. The Jewish leader still refused to believe that the man had been blind and could now see, so they called in his parents. 
They asked him, is this your son? Was he born blind? If so, how can he now see? And his parents replied, we know this is our son and that he was born blind, but we do not know how he can see or who healed him. Ask him. He's old enough to speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who had announced that anyone saying Jesus was the Messiah would be expelled from the synagogue. And that's why they said, he's old enough, ask him. I can see my mom doing the same thing. I ain't got nothing to do with that. You better go, you better go ask him. He's old enough. Go on now. True story. So the second time they called in the man who had been blind and told him God should get the glory for this because we know this man, Jesus, is a sinner. I don't know whether he is a sinner, the man replied, but I know this. I was blind. And now I see. But what did he do, they asked. How did he heal you? Look, the man exclaimed, probably with a little frustration. I told you once, didn't you listen? Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become one of his disciples too? <laughs> right? Then they cursed him, like good holy people would, and said, you are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know God spoke to Moses, but we don't even know where this man comes from. Why, that's very strange, the man replied. He healed my eyes, and yet you don't know where he comes from. We know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but he is ready to hear those who worship him and do his will. Ever since the world began, no one has been able to open the eyes of someone born blind. If this man were not from God, he couldn't have done it. You were born a total sinner, they answered. Are you trying to teach us? And then they threw him out of the synagogue. I'm going to stop for just a second. There's a lot of church people like that today. You know, it's like, who are you to tell me about God? Because clearly, you're nasty, you're a sinner, you've messed up, you've got this past, but I'm holier than you. Because God, you know, my position and all this. Listen, if, you, if anybody in this church does that to you, you better let me know quick in a hurry. Okay? They excommunicated this guy from the church, or from the synagogue, excuse me, because he was clearly saying, I don't know where this guy came from. I just know I was blind and he healed me, now I can see. And he's got to be from God because who else would do this? The devil? You know? Who else would do The butcher down the street? Come on. This has to be from God. There's a lot of people who want to question, just like the Pharisees, they want to question what God's doing sometimes. And we get caught up in, in you know, our way of doing things. This is where I think we have a lot of church division, too, is because sometimes there's things in the Word of God that, that gets a little... Um, interesting and sometimes a little uh uncomfortable and so instead of dealing with the uncomfortableness we just create a domination and we just say well we don't believe that stuff this is what we believe and we have division and and then we treat people like well i can't accept what you're saying about what god's done in your life because you don't go to my church you don't believe how i believe and and we all look like foolish pharisees when we do that and we don't reflect jesus at all but he goes on to say this, when Jesus heard what happened, he found the man, and he asked, do you believe in the Son of Man? I think this is interesting that Jesus, whatever he was doing, stopped and said, no, I gotta, I gotta, we got to talk about this. we got to handle this real quick. Goes and finds the man, and he said, do you believe in the Son of Man? The man answered, who is he, sir? I want to believe in him. You have seen him, Jesus said, and he is speaking to you. Yes, Lord, I believe, the man said, and he worshiped Jesus. Then Jesus told him, I enter this world to render judgment, to give sight to the blind, and to show those who think they see that they are blind. 
Some Pharisees who were standing nearby heard him and asked, are you saying we're blind? Interesting, they, they thought that they, that's who he was talking about. Well, he was. But these guys are following Jesus. They're trying to trap him. They're trying to listen to every little thing he says to try to trap him and, and, and say, look, ah, look, he's, he's, he's blaspheming. He's, he's a liar. He's this. He's that. And here, they hear the statement that Jesus makes to this guy, and they say, are you saying we're blind? And Jesus said, if you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty. But you remain guilty because you claim you can see. Now, he's talking about some spiritual blindness here. He's not talking about physical blindness. There's a lot of times we walk through this world and we get blinded by things. And we pretend that we can see and we know what's going on. But really what we're doing is counterproductive to God's word and God's will and God's ways. And sometimes it takes some people being Jesus for us to say, hey, you're blind right now. You're not looking and walking and sounding like Jesus. You're acting just like these old Pharisees did. We've been talking about freedom, and sometimes we let freedom, if we're not careful, we can allow freedom that we have to make us arrogant and judgmental people. And we try to control situations. Even though we say we've surrendered all to God, we still try to control situations because it's our nature, right? I think about this. This guy, I went to a funeral this weekend. It this guy gave an illustration, this priest. Has um, anyone come from a Catholic background? Yep. Very good. Very good. Yeah. This guy was a Catholic priest, and he was talking about some things. And he gave a very interesting illustration, and it brought me to this, the, what I was going to preach on this morning. We talked about freedom and surrender and, and allowing God to basically have control and that we get to walk in this freedom because of who God is. And he said, you know, I don't get on an airplane and ask the pilot to see his license, to, to see what education you have. I just get on the plane trusting that he knows what he's doing and that he's going to take care of the flight, take care of the people, get us there safely. And I thought, man, that's, that's a pretty interesting illustration when I think about my life and faith and my freedom I have in Christ is that if I try to manage that freedom in a way that I think I know what's best, I start sounding like these Pharisees because then I start looking at people who, who aren't doing the right thing or whatever, and I start talking and sounding and, and acting like somebody that doesn't look like Jesus. And what, what I'm basically doing is I'm going to the cockpit and saying, hey, I'm going to fly the plane today, and I'm going to be in control. And let me tell you something. I have no idea how to fly a plane. I've crashed my drone three times. But we live life like we can. Like we could just walk up there and say, you know what, I've got the freedom. I can do this because I've seen some victories in my life and I'm, I'm walking, I'm feeling good. And I feel like I'm, I'm living this holy life until I come across a situation that I don't like. Jesus is just doing God's work. He's treating people with with kindness and love and mercy. And even right here in this moment, he's being pretty kind to these Pharisees. Because he really could have just zapped and they're done, right? But he didn't. And he's, he's teaching not only them, he's teaching people around them that's listening to this story, of, uh, or this interaction of these people who were just totally missing the mark of what it means to be a follower of, 
of God, to be a child of God. I was reading this morning about 4 o'clock. I couldn't sleep and got up, and, and I was reading about the woman at the well. And it's a story we've heard several times. And, man, the response of Jesus to her living in sin is just amazing. And she goes, and people are saved and because of her testimony of what Jesus did in her life. And there's this new life of freedom that she has that no longer she has to be bound by the things that defined her prior to her encounter with Jesus. This blind man no longer is bound by the blindness, the physical blindness anymore, or the spiritual blindness. Now he has this new life, this life of freedom that says, hey, I don't know what happened, but I I was blind, now I see, and now I know it's the Messiah, and I'm going to worship him and follow him. That's it. My life's changed forever now. The woman at the well, her life was changed forever. There's freedom. There's there's this release to know that when I have Jesus as my Lord and Savior, the weight of the world just kind of starts shedding away if I let it. If not, I end up chaining myself to a bunch of rules and regulations, and I forfeit relationship with Jesus because I think this is what makes me holy And instead, it's with Jesus that makes me holy. And sometimes he does things like heal people on the Sabbath when they had a rule that says don't do that because it's like work, you know. But, hey, God wants to do it, so God's going to do it. Hey, you shouldn't talk to this woman who's a Samaritan because she's half Jew, she's half Gentile. And we don't like that, you know, because it's mixed, you know what I'm saying? So don't talk to her. No, I'm going to go have her draw me some water because I'm tired. But I'm going to help her change her perspective of who God is and who the Messiah is, and I'm going to give her a living water that she'll never thirst again. It's like he's just flipping the script every time we turn around. And it's this incredible life that we, we can find in Jesus that is just different, and it's good. We don't have to keep trying to do the same things our way over and over again and expect there to be this grand result when God's saying, look, just trust in me. I want to, take, I want to put some mud and spit in your eyes. Take away that spiritual blindness that you have that's holding you back from really experiencing that abundant life that he offers. I want to go back to what this guy said. Verse 25, he said, I don't know whether he is a sinner, but I know this. I was blind and now I can see. I want you to think for just a moment. What are some things right now that are blinding you from seeing God for who he really is? Is it relationships? Is it, I don't know, some physical things like gambling, pornography, drugs, alcohol? I mean, what, it's a whole list of things. What's blinding you and separating you from seeing God, seeing God's word for what it is, seeing Jesus for who he is? I want you to know, church, you don't have to walk in blindness. God wants to free you from that. We've had this theme of freedom for the last few weeks. God wants to free you from that. He wants to free you from the things that just put a veil over your eyes that, that prevent you from really living life to the fullest in, in, in Christ. I'm going to ask you to get uncomfortable for a little bit. Don't worry, I'm not asking you to get out of your chairs or... Do something hokey pokey or something like that, you know, except for Tiffany. When she's about to come up and give a testimony here in a second. 
But how many of you right now say you're feeling like you got spiritual glaucoma? You're getting blind or you're partially blind. Or you're struggling through some things that you feel like you need Jesus just to put some on your eyes and take away. Yeah, we got some. Anybody else? Yeah. Yeah, I see you. Hey, I want to do something this morning. I want you to come up to the front. I want to pray over you. I told you I wasn't going to make you do a hokey pokey, but I will make you stand up and come to the front. Sometimes we got to break the mold of how we do things sometimes because um, if not, we get in this routine. But listen, I believe the Lord's want to do something special this morning. Amen. Yep. These are some brave people yes. coming up this morning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want you to look to the people walking up. These aren't people that are just your everyday people. Some of them are. Some of these people are on stage every Sunday leading you in worship. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me tell you something. God's calling you to live a life of freedom. Whatever it is, today's the day that you get to just say, you know what, Lord, I'm giving it to you. I'm, I want this stuff to be, to be off of me, the stuff that holds me back and, and, and weighs so heavy on my soul. Today's the day to get rid of that. It's a day of breakthrough for you. Let me tell you something. There's no, there's, you know what's so great about, about the, the woman at the well even is Jesus wasn't shaken by her sin. He wasn't thrown by that. Whatever your situation is, Jesus is looking at that like it's nothing. But he looks at you and he says, man, this, you're good. You're beautiful. And he loves you. So I know this may sound weird and feel weird. If you feel weird, I'm so sorry. I'm not trying to make you feel kooky or anything this morning. But if you're standing here in the front, I want you just to put both your hands over both of your eyes. Just as a sign of a prophetic act here this morning. Father, Lord, we just speak to all the things that blind us, Lord, and we just bind those things up and we throw them out today, Lord God. We know that you have called us to live a life of freedom and of, of sight that sees what you're doing and who you are. Lord God, these people that are standing here in the front, Lord, you have called them to live a life of freedom. Lord, and we just say that all those things that are blinding them are falling off today in the name of Jesus. They are falling off today in the name of Jesus. No longer are they blind, but today they walk away with a testimony saying, I was blind, but now I see because of Jesus Christ and what he's doing in, in my life. Thank you, Lord, for every single life, soul, household, Lord, every future and purpose that is up here right now represented with these people thank you lord all right take your hands down let that stuff go just shake it off it's gone it's gone because of the power of jesus christ it's gone today's a new day for you your eyes are open your hearts are open your minds are clear and the lord's going to be revealing to you i believe more in depth of your purpose and your calling. And I love this because we have 17 years old to 73 years old. And everybody, in almost 73 years old. And everybody in between. Listen, I want you to hear this. If you're watching online, you're in this room. You're not too old and you're not too young for God to do something big in your life. Jesus looks at you. He sees you. He cares for you. He wants you to be healthy, whole. He wants you to be a light 
to, to your community, to your household, to your, to your friends, your neighbors, everybody in between. Thank you guys for being brave this morning. The Lord sees you. He loves you. He's called you. And this is a new day for y'all. It's a new day. Y'all give them a hand clap this morning. Y'all can make your way back to your seats. God's doing something big in this area, and he's moving, and he's doing great things. And I'm thankful for these people. I'm thankful for each one of you. And listen, I want to end today with uh, not me, but with uh, a testimony of what God's been doing uh, through some ministries that we have, uh, we're connected with through Tiffany and others. But I want you to, as I close out this part, I want you to, to know that God sees you. Yes. He loves you. And he wants you to be, your eyes to be wide open to what he's doing in your life. Amen. Tiffany's going to give us a testimony, and she's going to close it out in prayer this morning. Well, yesterday we got the honor and privilege of going to uh, the Goodman Unit in Jasper. As prison, we do a ministry at Wills of Agape Call. A day with Dad, and we bring in these inmates' children and their caregivers, and we give them a day of memories. They play games. We teach them how to honor and it was amazing because when we walked into this place, there was literally a wall that they had tore down so that we could have a room big enough. So it was so prophetic to me because as the day went on, I saw walls fall down in these relationships as they made memories. And we go through a thing where they honor each other and we teach them how to speak love into each other and life over each other. And... God really impressed upon my heart that every, the common denominator with each of these situations, each of these inmates was that there was no dad in their lives to demonstrate the love of God. And it's really a lot harder to accept the love of Christ when you don't have an earthly father figure here showing you the love of Christ. So I just really felt impressed upon my heart today to get up and just put a call out to the dads. Moms are important. Moms are important for a whole different reason, but fathers are vital vital to growth and so speak life into your kids guys like really look into your their eyes and tell them all the things that you think but you don't ever say because they need to hear it, it they it's so vital that they hear how you love them and what you think of them and if you didn't have a dad that did that for you I want to stand in the gap right now and say you're important and you're special and you're worthy and I love you and I'm glad you're here so that's that's what I had to say <laughs> and I just pray that all of y'all are blessed. Let me close this out in prayer. Father God, thank you for today. Thank you for letting us come into your house and worship you. You're so worthy. I just pray over each and every person under the sound of my voice right now that they'll go and they'll have a blessed day and they'll make a wonderful Sunday memory with their family. For it's in your sweet and precious name I pray.